0: up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for ring talk live worldwide fascinating for over 30 years and still your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts what the hell's going on out here heard live around the world and brought to you by the world boxing organization And now, live from the Ring Talk Studios in San Francisco, here's the host of the longest running fight show in history. Down goes Frazier! Down goes Frazier! And Foreman is as poised as can be! Pedro Fernandez. (laughs) Domasi y Caballeros,
2: bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen. Emanating live from the multi-million dollar Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. 35, no, make that 36 plus years now of radio presence straight up. I'm knocking out all bums. And who am I? My name is Pedro Fernandez. Welcome to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Coming to you from Sports Byline, of course, in the city by the bay, San Francisco, California. We air live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, Channel 211, and of course, the American Forces Network. Straight up, we're all around the world, Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. We have open phone lines. If you'd like to join us on the tour for you can. 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. You're not going to believe that my cell phone is going absolutely crazy here in the studio. It just happens. It only happens when the show starts. It starts like, like it, it said that there's missing people here on my phone. It's an emergency, emergency code. I think it's Big Mac calling. We'll get to Big Mac in just a second if it is him. But we are live on the air coming to you from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco, California. If you saw Shakur Stevenson last night, We'll talk about that to an extent. Of course, Double S Shakur Stevenson, a noted amateur, now a professional, 13-0, the new World Boxing Organization, 126-pound champion, a 12-round, almost a shutout winner over his future brother-in-law, maybe, Joette Gonzalez, now 23 and 14 KOs, uh, Shakur, Double, C- Double S, now 13 and zip, a good-looking fighter, a good-looking prospect, I hope he... Uh, uh, I hope he- I hope he's as good outside of the ring as he is inside the ring. Put it this way, he's got some behavioral issues. I'm talking about your Stevenson across the pond. Wow, Josh Taylor made made him made himself a star last night. No doubt about that. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We'll get into that in depth. Ring Talk Live Worldwide features Larry Merchant in about 15 minutes on the Sports My Live Broadcast Network.
3: If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all? Go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow100.com.
5: I love
6: iHeartRadio.
7: iHeartRadio. Love it. Everywhere, man. Seriously. Everywhere, man. 20 million songs from 450,000 artists. iHeartRadio. Green, Chicago,
8: Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota. iHeartRadio. I create my own radio
5: stations.
7: Millions of songs, thousands of stations, one free app. iHeartRadio is that easy. Download the app today or listen online at iHeartRadio.com. Welcome back to Ring
2: Talk Live Worldwide, of course a Sports Byline production. My name is Pedro, Fernandez. as we're talking boxing, and MMA today only on Sports Byline. The new sounds in the mighty Tower of Power on the soul side of town. Check them out. They got a brand new lead singer, does the moonwalk like Michael Jackson, all that kind of crazy stuff. Tower of Power still rocking and rolling. 51 years after their conception. Check out their new album on the soul side of town at TowerofPower.com. Speaking of Tower of Power, we may have one from the U.K. at 140 pounds. To talk about Josh Taylor. Man, I was impressed last night. Now 16-0. 16 is zip, 12 stops. He uh, sees the WBA... 140-pound belt of Regis Progress last night, of course, with a 12-round majority decision. The judges were sort of, uh, I thought one judge was a little bit off there, but 114, fourteen, it could have been even. It was that close, but I had a 115, 113 for Taylor, as did one judge. Another judge had a 117, 112 for Taylor, speaking of hometown cooking there. But it was a WBA, IBF, junior, junior welterweight uh, uh, combination, you know, the unification match. It was a good fight for 12 rounds. I mean, I'm not saying that... That that Regis Progress is done. He's not done. I mean, he's a good fighter. There's no doubt about it. But he isn't. He isn't what what I think that a lot of people thought he was. Or maybe going across the pond had his pressures because some guys just can't fight in other. Jurisdictions and things like that, and do well. In other words, you know, Roy Jones didn't want to go across the pond and fight Derech Michielski when there was millions of dollars on the line. Why he had some type of phobia against going across the pond anyway? Rage's Progress goes across the pond and loses a decision across the board. I think oh, it should have been unanimous. One fifteen, one thirteen, a seven to five clear decision for Josh Taylor, sixteen and zero now at of Glasgow, Scotland. I want to say hello to the folks in Glasgow, as I used to be there featured boxing reporter for the Glasgow Sunday Post. That's right. That was before the Internet, baby. That was the biggest newspaper in all of Scotland. The Glasgow Sunday Post had like a a million five circulation. So I was like kicking ass all over Glasgow, Scotland. And people in the average white man used to tell me, hey, are you Pedro Fernandez, the boxing writer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me anyway. Bottom line is a kid from Scotland steps up and uh, looks very good last night. Props to Josh Taylor. We'll get to him in just a minute. Now, Jarek Jezora chopped down David Price. David Price, the guy that I thought had all kinds of uh, potential coming out of the Olympics. I think he was a bronze medalist. He was six foot seven, and you know, I think if you're six foot seven, you should never lose a fight. Never. If I'm if I was six foot seven with my skills, I would still be fighting today and knocking people dead. I'm serious. Anyway, Derek Chisora stopped David Price last night. David Price got stopped for the seventh time in his career. So obviously, he doesn't take too well. He can't catch. Just like I said yesterday, he doesn't catch too well. 25-7 and 7 now, 20 Kales. Hopefully, he will uh, walk off into the sunset and retire before he ends up having to sell pencils in a few years. 32-9, and 9, Chisora, 23 Kales. Trying to get himself another big title shot or a big money fight. Good luck with that one. Here's a, here's a good one. WBO, uh, number 8th eight, ranked middleweight in 2008 Olympic bronze medalist, Kanal Islam, 27 0, 21 Kales, scored a 10 round decision over Walter uh, Kaiotucka, 18 2, 17 waxed to regain his. Retain the WBO International title on Saturday night in Kazakhstan. So we've got fights going all over the world. WBO fights going all over the world. And don't forget the WBO, the World Boxing Organization, is a sponsor of Ring Talk Live worldwide. Of course, we are having our annual convention. The Congress, call it what you want, but it's getting to get together with me in December of this year. It will be in. Uh, Tokyo, Japan. So check it out. All the WBO stuff. It's pretty transparent what they do as far as their ratings and how fighters and purse bids and that kind of good stuff and how fights are made. As far as the money is concerned, you can go to WBOboxing.com, and they'll sort of explain a lot of that to you. Um, well, I tell you, I was really impressed with this weekend's boxing. I just was. I mean, I was blown away by the fact that Taylor could – could could do look as good as he did against Prescott, because I was believing the press the press releases on Adis Prescott. I mean, Prescott was an, an amazing fighter coming in in 24 one but, you know, one draw. Anyway, Josh Taylor had this to say post-fight.
9: Josh Taylor, you are the World Boxing Super Series winner. You are the unified champion in an unbelievable, unbelievable fight. You said to us yesterday, you will see the best of me. Did we see the best of Josh Taylor tonight?
10: I believe so, yeah. Um, that was a walk in the park, wasn't it? Easy fight, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, man, uh, what a fight. Uh, all respect to Regis progress uh, and a great fight, great champion. But the best man won. I know uh, I was going to win. And uh, before I say anything else, I just want to dedicate this fight to my father-in-law, who passed away on the 15th of September. Um, he would be here tonight with us, so... I want to dedicate this to him, so. Jimmy, that's for you, man. I know you were here. I
9: love you. Talk us through the fight and the game plan, and if Regis' program was as good as you expected or better than you expected. Yeah, it was very
10: good. It was very strong. Um, very good head movement, and good timing. But I knew I, could, I knew I could get to him inside, but, you know, he, he was very strong. Um, he certainly lives up to his name, his power definitely. He definitely exceeds his reputation with power, definitely. He's a great fighter, but. I knew I had the beating of him at times with just boxing I knew I could beat him with the jab alone but he had great timing himself so respect to him, respect to him and I wish him all the best in the future What swung the fight
9: in uh, your direction?
10: I think just the boxing the free-floating and the boxing um, the inside work as well Um, and my speed, I don't think he quite expected that I could switch it up inside and go to range quite so easily so yeah, I think that's what caught him out
9: you want all four belts now. Jose Ramirez obviously has the other two. Yeah,
10: yeah so let's get
9: on. Let's get on. Ramirez, video. Ramirez. Let's do it. What about your travelling support as well? Obviously, an amazing reception, and we saw you in the semi finals and the quarter finals up in Glasgow. It was a little bit of I don't know suspicion. Would this, would your fans travel? Would you make it a cauldron? It was absolutely electric in here.
10: Oh, absolutely amazing! Every single one of you came out tonight. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. And I told you I've been doing for you, not just for the Scottish fans, but everybody coming to me tonight. And see me. Thank you very much. And long may this journey continue. Thank you.
2: Congrats to Glasgow's Josh Tyler Taylor. No doubt about that. A winner last night. A majority nod. Uh, yeah, Larry, Larry Merchant, the Godfather, is on the line from Southern California, Santa Monica. Good
11: morning, sir. And back at you, Pedro.
2: Pretty good. I don't know if you caught in those fights last night. I
11: did. I did. I thought that was a hell of a good fight. Yikes. They never stopped going after each other. They, they fought responsibly. I was very, very impressed by the Scottish fighter. Um, and... Um, he might be one of the best in the world. You know, it's good because
2: I I was looking at the fight beforehand. I say to myself, you know, from a from a business point of view, I mean, an American champion that's always good for Americans, but. I really think that that Britain's on Britain's on a path right now to get a stronghold in the world of boxing. I mean, I'm watching their amateur programs. Their amateur programs are, if not better than ours, as good as ours, and their pros are starting to come around now. And it isn't the same old story, Larry, where you would go over there and whack out some English guy because he was had a rating. Remember? Well,
11: as, as I once wrote, uh, American fighters would swim across the Atlantic to fight the Brits <laughs> back in the day, but. Um, Britain is where boxing was born, and the, the Brits don't have uh, the kind of uh, collision sports um, that we have, and especially our, our football. And so um, their tradition has flourished, and um, they have some really good fighters and, and great fans. Uh, I love to hear them singing Caroline, Sweet Caroline. Um, And this kid could box, Mm -hmm. and he could bang, and he could take a shot. And listen, the American fighter was not such a bad fighter either. He just met his match.
2: Yeah. And, you know, that I I looked in the ring there, and my buddy Baron McGuigan was there, the former WBA uh, featherweight champion. Of course, we worked with him down in Palm Springs as he got ready for that ill-fated fight with Stevie Cruz. He's a great guy. His father was a great guy to be around. His father used to sing Danny Boy all the time. But that was his guy, Taylor. And, and remember, he had said previously, like about a year ago, he said, this is a guy to watch out for. So once the hype coming out of the U.K. wasn't just hype.
11: Well, I can't wait to see him fight. Uh, Ramirez, yeah, um, that would be a hell of a fight, and uh, and I have to tip my hat if I wore a hat to DAZN, uh because they're just really bringing it.
2: They're delivering, no doubt about it. Zone is delivering for your. For your, uh, I'm I'm stuck on a nine ninety nine, I think, a month thing. But if you you just re, if you just join the zone, it's like nineteen ninety nine a month. But I still think you're getting your world, uh, your world. I think I paid
11: a hundred bucks for the year.
2: Yeah, well, that's about right.
11: That's you about right. That's 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 um, less than two pay per view fights. Yeah. I mean, I put,
2: you're right, Godfather. Less than two baby fights, officially at HD. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network.
1: Yeah, I can't begin to know it. But then I know it's growing strong. It wasn't the spring out of strings. Spring became the summer. Would have believed you'd come along.
2: You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, 35, make that 36 years of radio presence. Check it out. Ring Talk returns right after the break.
1: Touching
12: hands,
1: reaching out Lord. touching me, touching
0: 800-932-1749.
4: If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down: eight hundred five nine three seven four nine one. That's eight hundred five nine three seven four nine one. Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now.
2: You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, coming to you Saturday and Sunday 11 a.m. Pacific Time, only on Sports Byline. Check it! There's a birthday in the house! Mrs. Larry Merchant, Patricia Stitch Merchant, happy birthday there, of course. Myself, present company included, we never get older than 39. That's Jack Benny's old day line, but the bottom line is I've adopted that since uh, I was 39. Happy birthday, Patricia Stitch Merchant. Tell the Godmama happy birthday, Larry. Uh,
11: again, I sure will. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: um, I came across an interview with Sammy the Bull Gravano. And, of course, I'm not going to play both parts of it. But I'm going to just play one part of it. And I think this just might blow you away. Larry Merchant, check this out.
12: But in the process of all of this, John knows what's going on. I have a guy, he's a street guy, can't even think of his name. But he's going to Don King, talking about a potential fight. He's not having a lot of luck. Don King stands up. He don't want to no part of this thing. He mentions... John Gotti, this, that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I went to jail for this and that. And that. John, I'm not doing any of that bullshit. So the kid comes back and tells me. So I said, John, forget the whole thing now. It ain't going to work. He, he won't do it. Don King won't do what we want. Did you tell him to mention my name? Yeah, I did. He, he do not want to be bought He said he's a tough guy. He did time. Really? Yeah. Tell the kid to go back, make another appointment, and kill him. Do you want me to kill Don King? No, not you. The kid, this guy. You want me to tell this kid to go back and kill Don King? Yeah, well, hit him with a proposal. If he says no, take a gun out and shoot him. All right. That's what you want? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I grabbed the kid. <laughs> he wasn't the kid. He's a guy, you know, who's tough. Listen, you're going to go, <laughs> you're going to hit him with this proposal. If he says no and gives you that shit, I'm a tough guy. Take the gun out and shoot him. Shoot him right in the head. You want me to kill Don King? I said, it's not me. John wants you to kill him. What do you want me to tell you? You got to kill him. He took off. The kid took off. I'd never seen how to have him again. He must have left the country. I don't know where the f*** he went. He took off. So we never went after Don King because I I didn't want I'm definitely not going after him because this is insane now. We're hitting the guy because he don't want to do a deal. (laughs) We'll be hitting guys every other week.
2: Godfather, if a guy was looking to make, uh, I mean, Don King came close there. If a guy was looking to make his bones, Don King might have got whacked.
11: (laughs) Well, I got to hand that one to Don King. (laughs) It it came at a time when, you know, the the mafia was losing what hold it had on some aspects of boxing. And um, boxing was changing. uh, Don King was the first big black promoter uh, to signify the changes happening, um, and uh, we don't hear too much anymore about the mafia being in boxing. Maybe they they can't find the profit in it. You know, I I I,
2: I met Blinky Palermo, and he was in Atlantic City in about nineteen eighty nine ninety somewhere around there. The Gelb, Frank Gelb, the the promoter that ran Atlantic City, they were sort of like uh like related, like unrelated but related, sort of like family. Anyway, Blinky Palermo was there, sort of Blinky and and Frankie Carbo, they were like the mob that ran boxing for a long time. I was I was you know blown away by the fact that believe it or not, Godfather, people were like playing paying tribute to to Blinky Palermo there in Atlantic City, like he was some type of of iconic figure, and I, I consider him a gangster.
11: Well. Um they're both you're both right. He was an iconic figure as a gangster, okay. I worked in uh, Philadelphia for ten years, and um I knew that Mickey Palermo was reading my stuff.
6: <laughs>
11: <laughs> I would occasionally get calls from the these, them, and those guys. Um, you mean like the w- guys with a name like Nunzi? Well, I don't remember the name, but uh, one guy uh took me outside in a in an alley one time and he, he he was offering me money. He took out a wad of money uh so that I would uh, write more kindly about some boxers or help help them promote a big fight and so on and so forth. Um I didn't take the money, and I just uh, obliviously wrote whatever I thought was right, and they they never touched me, Or um, although at one point when I was uh, picking the winners of football games and I had a good run, and I didn't even know anything about betting, um, and some... And I get I was started to get calls from bookies with South Philadelphia accent accents, and um, on Wednesday and Thursday because they wanted to know who I was going to pick to win certain games against the the spread, because as it turned out there were people following me because I had had this streak, um, and. Uh, That's when I started to think about, wow, (laughs) look at this. Look what's going on here. And eventually it led me to uh, write a book on uh, pro football and gambling uh, called, uh, what was it called? Um, I can't think of it.
2: Did you you rub elbows with Frank Rizzo too?
11: With Frank who? Rizzo, wasn't that the mayor? I didn't rub elbows with him, but of course I knew a lot about him. I had Mm -hmm. a called Football and Gambling, uh, called, uh, what was it called? Um, I can't think of it.
2: <laughs> right. w- w- did, you, did you rub elbows with Frank Rizzo, too?
11: With Frank who? Rizzo, wasn't that the mayor? I didn't rub elbows with him, but, of course, I knew a lot about him. I had, mm-hmm. a, I had a boxing writer who was one of the best boxing writers ever, Jack McKinney, and he was very much into that world. And knew all the people in, involved with the, with Sonny Liston and you know, his corner man, a famous corner man named Joe Polino, who would tell him everything that was going on, and and so forth. So, yeah, there was a, the Philly mob was uh, famous for its um, incursions in boxing, which lasted decades, and not every box boxer or every fight, but certain divisions. Mm-hmm. At certain times, they would control.
2: Yeah, the last guy I saw, I've noted, uh, I saw Gotti at a couple fights at the Garden, but I saw Joey, they called him Skinny Joey, the guy from Philadelphia. I can't think of his last name right now, but he was at uh, at the Tommy Morrison-Ray Mercer fight. I think it was about 1990, before they put the Black Book. On him, as far as Atlantic City was concerned. Changing subjects, we are six days away from the the showdown, of course, with the pay per view king, the highest paid athlete, never, as far as boxing is concerned, of course. Saul Alvarez, once beaten fighter, that one loss to Floyd Mayweather a long time ago. Different world now, taking on Sergey Kovalev, a twice beaten fighter. I take it back, a thrice beaten fighter, at thirty four and three but 15 pounds naturally bigger than him. Does this boil down to size and speed? Or what, what, what? I mean, because size usually matters in combat sports.
11: Does it matter here? Well, it's either going to be size or age. <laughs> and uh, I can't help but but still think about the time I saw uh, Archie Moore uh, fight Bobo Olson, who had been a... a a very good middleweight champion, and uh, Moore knocked him out in the third round, although Moore was years older than him. And so um, it's size, size matters. That's why they have weight divisions, and it stuns me that um, Alvarez uh, would, would take this risk, but um, he's getting the big bucks, It's a fight that I want to see, and actually, Pedro, I'm going to Las Vegas to see it. And um, it's an unusual fight. I think if I was a betting man, I might look to see what the odds are and and take a shot with the bigger guy.
2: Are you taking the birthday girl with you?
11: No, I'm going down alone. I go about once or twice a year. I go to a, a fight just to hang out with some old friends, colleagues. Um, and so forth.
6: Okay, so and, tell uh, so tell
11: me what did you do? What, what did she's you do? happy to get rid
2: of me? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but, I know but, but what did you do? What did you do for her birthday? What did you do special for her birthday?
11: Well, we went out with our daughter and her husband and two little grandsons, and it was just terrific.
2: You know what? You're just terrific week in and week out. Give her my best. Give her the happy birthday from the entire crew here at Sports Byline. Godfather, have a great time in Las Vegas. Don't roll the dice. And I'll give you the same rule that that the Las Vegas casino owner gave me when I went to work for that Las Vegas casino. You play 20 bucks, kid. If you lose the 20 bucks, you walk away. Keep punching, Pedro. All the best to you. The (laughs) Godfather, Larry Merchant on Sports Byline, folks. You are tuned to the mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Of course, we come to you live on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM, Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, iTunes, Stitcher.com. I keep going. There's a thousand different platforms. Bottom line is we've got the toll-free going, 41800 878 That's one 800 878 Or I'll get to some texts after the break. You can text us here in the studio. The text number, the studio text line, 415-275-1613. That's 415-275-1613. Happy birthday, Patricia Merchant, live from Sports Byline.
13: Fall is here, and with the leaves changing, it may feel like you're running out of time to get any lingering home projects done before the holidays. Well, luckily, Home Advisor can give you a hand so you can spend more time watching football and less time doing home projects. From minor repairs to major remodels, Home Advisor will connect you with top rated pros in your area. The pros have been reviewed by your neighbors. So you can see what others thought of their work. And if you're not sure how much your project should cost, get multiple quotes from pros and use HomeAdvisor's Project Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. And to top all of it off, you can book appointments online. No more phone tag. So whether it's remodeling the den for football season or fixing up the house before the holidays, HomeAdvisor makes it beyond easy to get your home projects done To find the right pro at a fair price, just ask HomeAdvisor. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free award-winning HomeAdvisor app today.
5: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
3: 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851.
0: Check it, sports fans. You're listening to Ring Talk Live Worldwide in exclusive
2: sports by line production. Well, Ben Askren didn't do too well in Singapore. The guy had fought in Singapore ten times, ten wins. Never lost. They thought after that knockout by Jorge Mastodal, of course, when he got knocked out in the blink of an eye, I man, by boom guy ran across the octagon and just knocked him out with a flying knee. You remember that? Wow. What can I say? It was exciting, of course. Ben Askren, a noted fighter, I think he was 21 or 19, 21 and over going in, but not anymore, now he's 21 and 2, he's lost the second fight in a row, I mean, Damian Maia took a lick in there for a little while, but like an old man at 41 years old, and I can't believe at 41 years old, he still wants to fight, but at 41 years old, he was a victorious uh, yesterday in Singapore, Damian Maia stopping Ben Askren in the third round with a rear naked choke 354 in. Askren had his moments, uh, Damian had his moments, but at the end of the day, <coughs> Damian Maia a winner when Ben Askren tapped in himself into nearly unconsciousness. The code feature Stevie Ray defeated Michael Johnson in a lightweight bout. It was a 155 pounds. Of course, that first bout was at 170, the welterweight limit. For the UFC, that was a five-round bout. It only went three. Um, But the rest of the bouts in the UFC are three five-minute rounds. This lightweight bout, 155 pounds, Stevie Ray defeated Michael Johnson with a majority nod, meaning one judge had it even, two judges gave it to Stevie Ray. Outside of that, the rest of the card, ho-hum, 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 ho-hum. I just don't know what to say. They just don't have the depth that they want to have. I mean, the superstars aren't there. I mean, they just aren't there. Next week, of course, the big fight, and it's going to go down. It was canceled there for a minute, but I'm talking about Jorge Masvidal, the aforementioned, I'm going to say, the street fighter. The guy came from the streets of Miami. I mean, the back alleys of Miami fighting with, <clears throat> with Kimbo Slice and those guys on YouTube. That's <clears throat> that's how he broke his, made his bones on YouTube, fighting in backyards. And <clears throat> just a total stone-cold brawler. Well, not anymore. He's got added a whole lot of uh, polish to his game. No doubt about that. But USC 244 coming to you, of course, November the 2nd, Day of the Dead here in the United States, as far as the, the Mexican-American community and the Mexican community is concerned. That's what we uh, rec- represent. We recognize those that have passed. Anyway, bottom line is November 2nd, <clears throat> live from the Garden in Madison Square Garden, New York City, of course, on top of the main event, Jorge Mastodal taking on Nate Diaz. Mastodal's got... Not got a great record, like 34 and 13, but he's got like almost 50 fights. And Nate Diaz, of course, not the greatest record in the world, but he's got that one over Conor McGregor. And, of course, Nate Diaz is, is a personality. I mean, there's no doubt about it. His, what's his record now? He's got, hmm, I think he's like 20 and 9, somewhere around there, or 20 and 11, somewhere around but, You know, just a, an outstanding fighter, <clears throat> a guy that comes to you straight from the street. I mean, there's no polish in him. I remember the brawl that they started on CBS television about four or five, maybe six, seven years ago now, when that sort of ended the the uh, the light time run of MMA on CBS television when they threw that riot. Yeah, but he's he is what he is. okay. And of course, he's coming off the one fight win after the McGregor win. Of course, McGregor, he won like three or four million bucks, made a lot of money, decided he would take two, three years off. He did so. He came back. And, you know, good-looking fight, no doubt about that. UFC 241, I mean, he beat Anthony Pettis, and Anthony Pettis was a, a former lightweight champion, so it walked away. Maybe he wasn't such a such a, a formidable challenger, but it went five, and, of course, Nate Diaz is now in line to fight for the championship were he to beat Jorge Masvidal next week. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the fight was in doubt. <clears throat> the reason why I say the fight was in doubt is that the USADA, the United States Anti-Doping Association, came back with a ruling <clears throat> saying that Mr., uh, mr Diaz had tested positive or had elevated le- elevated levels of mm, something in his system and then he said and his response was Nate Diaz's response was I don't even eat meat so I mean it sort of started telling me that maybe he's going to try to come up with that you know I was there was something put on my system that I didn't know about because Nate Diaz is probably one of those freakiest guys outside of smoking weed Nate Diaz does nothing nothing I mean you don't drink nothing he, I mean he's that's it that's all he does. God bless him. That's all he does is smoke weed. It's mellow guy, except when you get him inside that cage or maybe in an alley or piss him off on the street or just get him on a bad day. But Nate Diaz is not the type of guy you want to get upset. Jorge and Masvidal, same thing. Two bad dudes. That's why they're calling this, like, the baddest dude title. I don't want to go with the, yeah, okay, they're calling it the baddest mofo title. If you know what mofo means, you know what I'm talking about. But Mastodell and Diaz online, the main event at the Garden next week, as I said, postponed just for a minute, but it's going to happen. Nate is of course, a slight favorite here. And I don't know why. Masvidal's been very active. Masvidal's, of course, coming off some pretty big wins. Of course, that big knockout win. Wow, over Ben Askren. Askren coming in undefeated. But then again, Askren was defeated last night by Damian Maya, <clears throat> And I wouldn't call Damian Maya the top three at welterweight. So just me and my personal opinion. So anyway, bottom line is Ben Askren's done. Stick a fork in him. His game is over. He looked fat. He looked... He looked unmotivated. He looked like he trained too hard, and he went back to Singapore like he was going to go through the motions. You don't go through the motions in these MMA fights unless you're, like, like really fastly, super, superly superior to the other guy. In other words, if you're a 10 and the other guy's a 1, maybe you can get away with, you know, lagging. But he lagged. He didn't come in shape last night. He looked soft around the middle. Maybe that's the way he looks. He wanted to fight funky. That's why I call him <clears throat> Ben Funky Askren. He's like to like he likes to roll around on the ground and, and tire guys out wrestling. This guy kind of said, "Well, he he did okay last night until he got his ass whooped. But when he got his ass whooped, it was all over with." And Ben Askren stopped for the second fight in a row. You know, I was a big fan of his at one point in time when he was doing the one championships over in Singapore and places like that, Malaysia. I just was. I thought maybe he was the outside guy and that he could come to the UFC and make a, mar- make, make a mark and maybe at the same time <clears throat> put Dana White, you know, the Adolf Hitler of the UFC. This is my opinion. But put Dana White in this place. Well, it didn't happen. Ben Askin came over and, and then Ben, could, you know, Ben had a couple of fights, but then losing like he did the mass Vidal, I mean that's all anybody will ever think about uh Ben Asker from here on in will be the knockout loss to Jorge Mastodel. Nobody will think about anything out anything else. Anyway, Mastodel and Nadeas, the five round main event, it's gonna go down. That'll be at hundred and seventy pounds next Saturday, this upcoming, upcoming Saturday, day of the day, November second. Say the day, same day as uh Canelo and Kovalev. So big big day of combat sports, no doubt about that. Kevin G- Kelvin Gastelum and the co-feature taking on Darren Till. They're fighting a the middleweight, welterweight Stephen Thompson taking on Vicente Luque. Outside of that, <clears throat> no big names on the card. Just you know, that's just the way it goes. Sort of like the old days when you know Mike Tyson used to fight, and then sometimes it would be no. Take about Oscar De used to fight, and nobody be on the undercards. Don King used to stack those when Don when Mike Tyson fought, when Don King fought. People said to me, <clears throat> "Why did Don King have so many title fights on those 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 cards?" Because He'd have all these champions and he'd put them to work. So he'd put them to work all like, you know, if you have 15, 20 champions and you run these events three or four times a year, four events, four champs per event, you're going to make some money. And guess what? Your champs are going to get their exposure. Now, the USC schedule sort of looks a little, <clears throat> how can we put this, lackadaisical? I mean, it doesn't look all that great. There's no names that are going to jump out at you. USC fight now is going to go down. Of course, that's from Moscow, Russia. It's going to be uh, the next upcoming event. I'm not out after November 2nd, the Day of the Dead. Some guy named Zabit's going to take on Calvin Kalar in the main event. And Alexander Volkov taking on Greg uh, Greg Hardy in the heavyweight co-feature. The first fight was Zabit and Calvin Kolar as a featherweight match, 145 pounds. That'll be a main event. Not a big... I'm not a big fan of going to Russia these days. I mean, the WBC, the World Boxing Council, has announced they will hold their, I think their 58th or their their whatever their uh, annual convention is next year in Moscow, Russia. You know, I <clears throat> maybe maybe I'm just. I don't think you know we should do anything with Russia. I just don't. I can't believe that people—I'm up 62 years old almost. Okay, I remember when Russia was—when there there were threats of us, uh, threats of them bombing us with nuclear weapons and things like that. And we went through all these different fire drills and kind of stuff like that. Of course, they weren't going to save us from a nuclear drill, but I guess I think the people thought we were. But at the end of the day, they're still Russians. They're looking to take over this world. And, you know, I don't want us to be number two. We're going to be number two in the Middle East now. I don't, I don't know how to get off on this rant. I don't know. Anyway, the bottom line is I'm a little just, little, just, little, little, perturbed in the way the country's going, especially of late. And hopefully um, the voters will step up in 2020 and we'll have a change in the White House and maybe the government will change. Speaking of changes, wow. <clears throat> Mr. Trump's champion. I'm talking about Kobe Kobe, the interim champion at welterweight. I'm talking about the USC interim champion. As I said, 170 pounds. I'm going to take on Cameron <clears throat> Usman. Usman's the guy that took out Robert Whitaker, like in the blink of an eye, of course, the Australian champion. He was an interim champion too. A lot of a lot of interim champions in that division there, the welterweight division. Anyway, now Kamur Kamaru Usman is the main guy and he's he's like he's he's he, you know, they use this word beast, but he's sixteen and 0. I think I'll make that back. He's fifteen and one. You know, the guy's only lost one fight, and he's drilling big-time guys. And this fight with Kobe Covington that's going to go down December the 14th from the T-Mobile Arena in the home of uh, the USC Las Vegas, Nevada. I think, he, I think Camry was going to roll all over Kobe, and Kobe's this one-shot guy. He's this right-wing guy that's big-time with the president. I mean, big time with President Donald Trump. So we wish both those guys the best of luck with the wink of an eye there for Cameroon. Anyway, Max Holloway in the co-feature, best fighter ever at 145. Yeah, better than Jose Aldo because he beat Aldo. He, he beat Aldo bad. Anyway, Alexander Volkanovsky is going to be in the uh, the opposing corner, of course. That is a five-round bout for the USC 145-pound championship, featherweight championship, a woman's uh, bantamweight title card on the bout, on the card as well. Of course, talking about Amanda Nunes, pound for pound, maybe the best fighter in all of mixed martial arts. Who knows? She might be. I mean, she knocked out Chris Cyborg Santos in the blink of an eye. I mean, she I mean, yee, you know, that was pretty ugly. She did. I mean, and you know, Amanda's gay. And if, if if Cyborg was gay, she'd have been arrested for domestic violence. She beat up on her so bad and so quickly. I mean, that was violent, man. That was just violent. But there she is, a Amanda Nunes defending the women's 135-pound championship against the former 145-pound contender. The woman that refi- refused to fight, Chris Cyborg Santos, said, yeah, i will give up the title. I don't care. Jermaine Durandamy. So good luck for Jermaine Durandamy taking on Amanda Nunez. This is a triple championship card, of course, coming to you from the USC December the 14th. And it's not the year-end card, but it's a year-end card as far as USC 245 is concerned, because when they come after that, they're coming with Brian Ortega and the Korean Zombie. Pretty scary, folks. Pretty scary. I mean, really, really scary. Why do I say that? Is that, of course, Brian Ortega took that horrific beating at the hands of the aforementioned Max Holloway when they battled for the 145-pound crown last December. Of course, stopped inside the distance. I don't think it will ever be the same. And what are they doing? They're putting him in with the Korean zombie, which is like another death match. And, of course, people say, hey, you know, you keep railing railing week in and week out about these death matches, man. Let's face it. That's what, that's what the UFC is all about. No, no, no. That is what the UFC is all about, but that's not what combat sports are all about. Okay, mm. you can beat a guy without killing him. What I mean by that is, you know, I mean, the guy's beaten up, he's bleeding over both eyes. You know, maybe he's just jump in to stop the fight. Why let Why let a guy continue to take an ass whooping of unparalleled uh, of unparalleled proportions when you don't know what that ass whooping is going to do down the line as far as his health and his longevity is concerned? You just don't know. Forget about the legacy. Oh, he went five rounds with so-and-so, or he went to distance with so-and-so. Forget all that, man. I'd rather pull my guy out. And I told you I used to do this when I had silver gloves and, and junior gloves and that kind of good stuff and some of the golden glove fighters that I worked with. I had that towel on my hand all the time. Not like Jerry Tarkanian where I was chewing on it, okay, the coach of the uh, Las Vegas uh, Fresno Bulldogs and UNLV. But, but I had that towel, and that towel was there, and, and it was always there because, you know, I was ready to throw it. Because stuff happens. Spit happens. And when I say spit, I mean in combat sports, spit with an H. Okay? It happens. And it happens in the blink of an eye. And I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to put it this way. I'm not going to put all of i uh, I'm not going to let my guy go out on a bad referee. No, there's referee. Maybe he isn't a bad referee. Maybe he just didn't see the punch. Something like that. So that's why I'm there with the towel. And i throw thrown in the towel a few times. And guys have said to me, man, you threw in the towel. Yeah, but you were getting your ass whooped that's why i threw in the towel there are times of throwing the towel too many brave people in boxing and the ufc today you are tuned to the sports by live broadcast network Don't forget, Ring Talk airs Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm right here on the Mighty Sports by Live Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and, of course, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 211. Woo! It's going to be good.
0: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003.
3: Are you an active stock market investor? Well, then you know these three key words
1: with Pedro Fernandez. <laughs> Done as
12: if by order.
2: Wow, what a weekend of boxing, man! I'm telling you, it, I really am impressed with Josh Taylor. Without a doubt, rose to the occasion, of course, in this fight with his WBA fight, WBIBF fight with Mr. Rages Progress. People didn't think he was gonna win. I didn't think he was gonna win. I thought progress was a uh, prohibited favorite going in here. Now, somebody just sent me a quick text here. What do you think of that Japanese heavyweight? Come on, you're talking about Kuetaro Fujimoto, okay? He's like 21 and 1, but look at the guys he's fighting. The last guy he fought was 13 and 10. The same guy he fought before that was 13, was twelve and nine. So like the guy lost a fight and won a fight since then, but he's fought the same guy twice in a row. And he's fighting guys at eleven and four, and eleven and five, and twenty-seven and ten. What am I trying to tell you? Don't think too much of the Japanese heavyweight. Good luck on that one, Japanese heavyweight. I've never seen it. Have you ever seen a Japanese? Heavyweight? I don't think I, I've never seen a Japanese heavyweight. I mean, I've seen plenty, of, plenty of fat Japanese guys, but no fat Japanese. Uh, take it back. No heavyweight. I want to put this, no heavyweight Japanese boxers, just put it to you like that. Of course, six days away, Canelo and Alvarez. Canelo Alvarez, of course, the world middleweight champion. He won a 168-pound belt in the process, I believe, the WBA belt. <clears throat> and he took out that guy named Rocky, who wasn't anything but Rocky. And, of course, now we have him taking on K- uh, Sergey Kovalev, the thrice-beaten WBO light heavyweight champion. 175-pound champion, of course. That's a big step. And Godfather Larry Major talks about it being age or size. One or the other. One will prevail or one will be the determining factor. I don't know. We'll talk about that in depth maybe an hour number two. I'll go over your text. We'll talk about the poor. Uh, we'll talk about what it's like when your sister's involved with a fighter and the fighter whoops on you. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, I having no, I've got some personal experience on that. Not having got whooped on, but having had to whoop on brothers. I had to whoop on two of them one time. Anyway, bottom line is, brothers, fighters, girlfriends, ugly situation. We'll talk about that in depth. Do a little soap opera. Peyton Place for Ring Talk Live Worldwide, hour number two.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, live from the West Coast, it's time for Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Hey, yo. For over 30 years, and still, and still, your inside look into boxing and mixed martial arts. You know what? As long as she fights in 135 pounds, I don't care if she's injecting a horse demon into her eyeballs. Heard Live around the world and brought to you by the world boxing organization and now and now live from the ring talk studios in san francisco here's the host of the longest running fight show in history pedro fernandez Dames y caballeros, bienvenidos. Uh,
2: ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the multi-million-dollar Sports by Lounge Studios in City by the Bay, San Francisco, California. Check it. This is Ring Talk Live, worldwide, baby. Austin imitated but never duplicated. Thirty-five. Make that thirty-six years of radio presence. Straight up, you're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We will talk in depth in this hour, of course, about how boxing has expanded around the world. I'm talking about places like the People's Republic of China. Of course, other places like Beyond the Iron Curtain, they've always had boxing. But China, they've got a special story about the People's Republic of China and boxing. We'll delve into the world of mixed martial arts to an extent. And we'll also look, look at the world of, you know, what's it like when your sister like your sister's dating the guy that just slapped you around over 12 rounds after a uh, nationally televised fight. Of course, we're talking about Shakur Stevenson last night. Shakur Stevenson, wow, an Olympian, a a, a solid fighter, no doubt about that. Not the greatest guy maybe outside of the ring, and I think that the, uh, they they tried to school that, they tried to mention that a little bit last night, but Joey Gonzalez now 23 and 1, 14 KOs, lost a 12 round across the board decision to Shakur Stevenson. Sh- Sh- Shakur is now 13 and zip, 7 KOs. The scores are 119, 109. I maybe would have called it 118, 110, but no difference. Bottom line is, Stevenson was just simply too fast for the young man. He was unable to get off as far as offense was concerned. But in the meantime, his sister is this guy's girlfriend. We'll talk about that in depth a little bit later in the show. Girlfriends, boxing, all that kind of good stuff, because I endured it. You are tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Ring Talk Live Worldwide, Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on Sports Byline, iHeartRadio, XM Satellite Radio.
3: If you need fast cash for any reason, go to MoneyNow100.com. Good, bad, or no credit at all, go to MoneyNow100.com. You could get up to $5,000 as soon as the next business day. Go to MoneyNow100.com on your phone, tablet, or computer. Type in the address bar MoneyNow100.com. That's MoneyNow100.com. At 28, I had struggled with opiate
2: Welcome back to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Of course, a Sports Byline production. My name is Pedro Fernandez. We're talking boxing and MMA today only on Sports Byline. February 27, 1993, uh, boxing history took place in, of course, Beijing, China. But let me set this up with the fact that there were three cards Saturday and October twenty sixth, in, in China. I kid you not. Xu, China, had a card led by Xung uh, Li. Of course, he's an undefeated lad, a super featherweight. Of course, then they had another card in Guang. Jingdao, China, and John Kennan villefort was taking on Zonglu, and that one Zonglu being obviously the Chinese guy there at 14 and Zip, John coming in at five, 8 and 5. These fights haven't taken place yet. And the third fight, uh, still yet to take place, of course, it's going to be third fight card is going to be in Shenzhen, China, and that's going to be uh, Tenzibar Erdabat taking on Aaron Antil. Just leave it at that. But three fight cars in China all in one night. Now, I bring you back. To 1993, because there hadn't been professional boxing in China, the People's Republic of China, since 1949, and the Chinese, uh, the government takeover of Mao and the communist takeover, okay? So there was no boxing since 1949. So we negotiate this deal <clears throat> to bring boxing over there. Bill Wheeler sort of does. I told you about Bill Wheeler. He was the guy that had a big appetite for cocaine. He was a lawyer out of Seattle, Washington, sort of screwed the Chinese out of some money. Bottom line is... Uh, Harold Smith was involved. Bob Arum was involved. It was an an epic show. But anyway, so they negotiate this deal to go over to China and do some boxing in China. Now, we're going to go over there. We're going to do a title fight, a WBO title fight. Leonzo Barber, the defending WBO, 175-pound champion, taking on perennial contender at probably super middleweight. Talking about Mike deal. But the bottom line was it was a star-studded card. And why do I say star-studded? Because... Mike Weaver was on the card. Mike Weaver and Burt Cooper. Remember Burt Cooper? Burt Cooper came within an eyelash of winning the World Heavyweight Championship against Evander Holyfield. In fact, I think that Mills Lane sort of gave him gave Evander the benefit of a doubt there. Had he not, Burt Cooper, a renowned and admitted crack addict, would have been the, quote, world heavyweight champion at that point in time. But Mike Weaver was a winner over Burt Cooper on that card. David Bay, I think he was another guy that held the USB heavyweight title at one point in time. He lost to Terry Davis. Terry Davis was a guy out of Vallejo, California, that won the Golden Gloves with me, I think, back in 1984. I think he was on the Golden Glove. I think he won the title with me in '84. It was eighty four, I think it was eighty four. Uh or no, eighty six at the at the Cal at the Calphouse at the Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Anyway, Terry Davis, what a star that what a star he was gonna be. Of course, he was a guy that they were gonna do the Rocky movie with. Talk about, you know, the Rocky Five, of course, that ended up being Tommy the Duke Morrison, the late fighter. Of course, he died of age related diseases, um, arc or whatever you want to call it. But the bottom line is Terry Davis was the winner that day over David Bay, and this was like a weird, weird thing. And and then I remember um Kevin Ford was on the card. Kevin Ford was a good guy. Of course, former USBA, uh, take the back United States amateur golden glove champion. And he beat Keith McMurray. Keith, Jabalot McMurray, Keith Sir Jabalot He was the guy that saved a couple people In a fire in Vallejo, California About 5 or 10 years later He was doing his road work in the morning And he had a penchant for crack as well He had bad. Some guys have pensions for crack Bert Cooper had one Happened to be, happened to be Keith McMurray on the same card They both had pensions for crack cocaine Anyway, so Keith McMurray is doing his road work In Vallejo, California one morning And he sees a house on fire And what does he do? He goes in the house and drags everybody out Way to go, Keith. Sir Jabalot, way to go. Anyway, the final fight on the card was Ole Clemenson, And he was from Norway. He was 5-0. And I remember my mother said, what a Norwegian fighter! Because she was Norwegian, right? A Norwegian fighter—you got to be kidding me! He, Norwegian guys can't fight. They go, "Mom, don't say that. You can't say that, Mom." She goes, "You ever heard of a good Norwegian fighter before?" No, nah, probably not. Anyway, Ole Kennerson was on the card. Ole Kennerson was in at the point at that point forty-five uh, and zero. I think he would end up like forty-six and five or something like that. Yeah, forty-five and six. He was stopped four times, thirty-five kills. But yeah, he, he was. How can I put this? He, he was considered like going to be like the superstar out of, out, of, out of Norway. Of course, they were going to have this big fighter from that big frozen block of uh, of Scandinavia being in you know, Norway and Sweden and Denmark and all throw that together. He was hot, but he wasn't all that good. Anyway, his record sort of indicates that he was that good, but he, I don't think he was as good as his record indicates. Three fights, one day, China, in a country where boxing was prohibited before. And why was boxing prohibited? Because Mao said that boxing was bad. He said it just wasn't cool. He didn't like the idea of guys fighting each other. In other words, they could do it in mixed martial art fights because those fights went on in some parts of China, okay, but not boxing, not boxing per se, are boxing with the gloves. And some people say to me, why do they put the gloves on fighters? Not to protect the fighters, to protect the hands. Oh, that's the truth. That's the truth, to protect the hands. Straight up, we are six days away, of course, from Canelo Alvarez and Sergey Kovalev is going to go down in the garden totally across the world from Beijing, China, but three fight cards in China in one night. you got to think about that. There were no fight cards ever from 1949 to 1993, and now there's three in one night. So I guess boxing is like catching on in China, without a doubt. Boxing and mixed martial arts, of course, they've got – listen, the entire world now has been drawn together by people – you know, putting on events all over the world. The Zone ESPN Plus did an event last night. Chris Stevenson, of course, from the Reno uh, Visitors and Tourists, uh Visitors. The Reno's Tourist ah, Convention Center. Anyway, bottom line is I got in trouble for that place. Uh, when I said that arena was, uh, you know, where, where men were men and so are most of the women. You know, I got in trouble. For saying that on TV, I got in trouble for that. But I was just talking because they had a bowling convention in town that night. And I came down that morning, you know, after having my coffee and the producers meeting and this and that. And there was all these buff women in the, buffed women, buffed. Bust women in the lobby of this hotel in Reno, Nevada. So that's where I got the, you know, the drawback that there were a bunch of tough women in town. It didn't go over too well, I think, with this guy that ran the Vino, Reno Tourist and Visitor Authority. I can't remember what his name was, but he called me on the phone, and he was not a happy camper. But Reno, doing his thing last night, only had 3,000 people. When we fought up there, we had you know we had crowds up there, we did a whole lot better than that. Of course we're talking about Ray Boom, Boom Mancini and Hector Camacho and Mike McCallum and and James Tony. There were some good fights up there. George Foreman, I think, fought up there once and I mean it's fantastic fights. Reno was a, a big fight capital like 15, 20 years ago. Now, eh, it's still the biggest little city in the world, but it is the deadest gaming place I've ever been in my life. It was there a few weeks ago to see I think it back I was there two weeks ago to see Frankie Valley good Frankie Valley of the four seasons, Frankie Al Valley in the four seasons. But I went to Reno and Reno looks like you could take a machine gun and shoot it on downtown Reno and not hit anybody. I mean shoot it all, just turn it around. Just shoot it for, for like ten minutes and not hit anybody. There's nobody in Reno. I don't know what's going on. And it sort of was indicative of the of the service level in the hotel too, because you know, when you're playing the machines or you want to do some gambling, this and that, there's nobody around to give you change, something like that. It's just not it's not that Vegas atmosphere, it's Reno. And there's a big difference between Vegas and Reno. If you go to Reno, what can I say? It's not the, most, uh, not, the, not the greatest place in the world to go, although they call it the biggest little city in the world. I've got reservations about that. You are tuned to the Mighty Sports Byline Broadcast. Check checking the upcoming boxing schedule, of course. Wow, it looks good. We're talking about November the 2nd. Mikhail Burchelt taking on Jason Sosa for the WBC Super Featherweight title. Of course, this guy can fight. Burchelt, considering the one of the better fighters, pound for pound, he is a 130-pound champion. Of course, this is the same day as the zone going down with Canelo and Kovla, but the zone's also got Katie Taylor and Casino uh, Lina Ardu for the WBO Female Junior Welterweight title. You know, I'm going to ask the, if I can go to the WBO convention in, in uh, December in Tokyo, and present a, 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 a study or a, a, an essay on women's boxing. Here he goes again. Here he goes again. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that women should fight with smaller gloves. Because, you know, women have a different size hoop. They have a different size basketball. I mean, they have a different size basketball in WNBA versus NBA. Um, the tennis courts are different size. The golf courses are different in size, but in boxing, you have them using the same gloves. And you can't say to me that a 118-pound girl is going to be as strong as a 118-pound guy it's 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 ain't gonna happen maybe maybe once in a million or something like that but not not across the board it ain't gonna happen for the most part okay so what i'm trying to tell you is that women have a distinct disadvantage when they're boxing matches with eight and ten ounce gloves on because all there are is pillows and they're just they're just smacking people back and forth so either you see a one-sided fight in women's boxing where somebody out boxes the snot out of somebody or you see a lot of pillows being slapped back and forth what i'm trying to tell you is that women's boxing needs four and six ounce gloves that's right four and six ounce gloves four ounce gloves all the way up to 135 pounds from that point forward you go with six ounce gloves all the way to heavyweight ain't too many women heavyweights anyway bottom line is that's how you make women's boxing exciting you're tuned to the sports byline broadcast network Don't forget, Ring Talk airs Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm right here on the Mighty Sports By Live Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and, of course, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 211.
3: Imagine, this is your money When you hire us, you get a team of guys on your side that know the IRS laws and will fight to save your money. So, if you owe the IRS a ton of cash and
0: you want to keep it, call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. 800-932-1749. 800-932-1749. 932 1749 That's 800-932-1749.
8: Not too long ago, it felt good to withdraw your cash from the bank, didn't it? For a vacation or a new car.
2: Talking boxing and mixed martial arts live on Sports Byline, folks. Somebody asked me the other day, "Where do you rate world middleweight champion, former world middleweight champion Bernard Hopkins, as far as all-time greats are concerned?" Well, you know, rating all-time greats is is a bit tough. I mean, because there there was Sugar Ray Robinson, and there was sort of everybody else. No, I think that 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 Hopkins could beat Ray Robinson. No. Do I think Ray Robbins is going to beat anybody? I don't know. You know, listen, it's sort of like these fantasies guys have on the air. I mean, you have them on the air. They have them on the Internet. You know, could this guy have beaten that guy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like to engage in fantasy fights. So I don't think they work out too well. Bottom line is Hopkins was an outstanding fighter. No doubt about that. He fought a little bit too long. But at the end of the day, he was 55-8 and eight with 32 KOs. Here's what he had to say as far as his career was concerned. Let's talk about your career just for a second. Welcome boxing and mixed martial arts live on Sports Byline, folks. Somebody asked me the other day, "Where do you rate world middleweight champion, former world middleweight champion Bernard Hopkins, as far as all-time greats are concerned?" Well, you know, rating all-time greats is is a bit tough. I mean, because there there was Sugar Ray Robinson, and there was sort of everybody else. No, I think that 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 Hopkins could beat Ray Robinson. No. Do I think Ray Robinson is going to beat anybody? I don't know. You know, it's, listen, it's sort of like these fantasies guys have on the air. I mean, you have them on the air. They have them on the Internet. You know, could this guy have beaten that guy? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like to engage in fantasy fights. so I don't think they work out too well. Bottom line is Hopkins was an outstanding fighter. No doubt about that. He fought a little bit too long. But at the end of the day, he was 55-8 and eight with 32 KOs. Here's what he had to say as far as his career was concerned. Let's talk about your career just for a second. Hagler, Monzone, Robinson, this and that, Hopkins,
12: okay? Where do you put yourself in those names? If I'm in the top four, top five in history, I'm satisfied. And I don't mind if I'm four. If it's four, I don't mind if I'm five versus five because these guys' legacy and their era should be and will be respected. And I just want to be um, respected for my era. So if it's four, you know, and the numbers four, then be mentioned in the name of Ray Robinson and Marvin Hagler-Pedro. And, and and Ray Leonard, hey, to be mentioned in that, how many middleweight fighters that came that was also good, the Julian Jacksons of the world. And I can go to a lot of Mike McCollum, Magambe. You didn't mention those names. And to be mentioned in the top four and the top five, wherever you put me at, wherever history you put me at, I am grateful and humble to be there. The great Bernard Hopkins, what
2: i say, 55-8, and eight, two draws, 32 KOs. He got stopped one time. You know, you got to give him some props because he stuck around and stuck around and stuck around, and he's still got the first dime he's ever made. I told you about that, right? We're in the Las Vegas. we were in Los, at the Riviera Hotel, I believe. He was going to fight Antoine Eccles for the World Middleweight Championship. Eccles was challenging. Eccles was a capable challenger. We went into the buffet. I got the uh, waitress to make him all kinds of special fruit juices and this and that. He cooked them this and cooked him that. When you have to realize a buffet is a buffet. When you used to go in there and you got you get your food and then she brings you drinks, that's it. But no, no, this lady worked for us, A waitress. She worked for us and got Bernard exactly what he wanted. At the end of the day, Bernard shorted her. Bernard didn't want to give her a tip, so I had to reach into my pocket pocket i think i give her 20 or 25 bucks but at the end of the day bernard is a cheapskate he just is speaking of bernard hopkins though you know middleweights 160 pounds could he have beat Saulo alvarez that's a closer fight but i don't know who knows people send me these texts can you beat this guy can you beat that guy of course alvarez now 52 and one consider the pound for pound king or is he or is he i mean think about that because you know there's people coming up by in that in way guy from from yikes he's scary i mean terence crawford Maybe he's not being all that impressive of late, but Terrence Crawford's still undefeated, 35 and zip. Lomachenko lost that one fight. He's 14 and 1. Triple G, forget Triple G. Triple G needs just for men, just like me. He's old. Earl Spence, who knows how much he'll be left with Earl Spence. Still undefeated, though, 26 and 0. Take that back. He's got 26 fights, but he's 27 and 0 because he, he, he beat that car accident. How he bounced out of a car, intoxicated, drunk, and and supposedly you got nothing more than a couple of bruises, more power to him, but you don't get too much luckier than that. Miguel Burchett, of course, the aforementioned uh, Super Featherweight Champion, going next week, 36-1, and one, one of the pound-for-pound pound better fighters, no doubt about that. Leo Santa Cruz, seen here in California in San Francisco at the cable car stop here in Powell Street. I guess it was about two months ago. Of course, he's a featherweight, 36-1-1. One and one. Manny Pacquiao, the Pac-Man. What's Manny going to do? I mean, what's man, I mean where's, where, where can Manny go? Where can poor Manny he Pacquiao go? 62 and seven, 35 KOs. You know, as far as the presidency is concerned in the Philippines, maybe that will be in the maybe that'll happen in the end. But I thought he was real classy this week. we're talking about a guy that comes over, comes off a win over um, undefeated Keith Thurman. a unanimous I about a split decision, nod but uh, in July. But you know, he says something to the point where you can't take your riches with you, and he's donating millions and millions of dollars to different homeless people in in, in the Philippines. And I think that's really cool. I mean, that's really, really cool. Because Muhammad Ali told me the same thing. We're watching this. We're in like Macau. We're in Macau. And uh, we're watching this big Chinese profession, this Chinese uh, funeral procession go past us. And they got pictures of the guy. And they're carrying pictures of the guy. And they got like puppets of the guy. I mean, this guy's like a god, okay? And he goes through the 15, 20-minute procession of all these cars and floats and all this kind of good stuff. And at the end of the um, procession, you know, we're starting to move in the car again. And all this over to me says, you didn't see no armored cars. Huh? No armored cars. In other words, you can't take it with you. Manny Pacquiao realized that you can't take it with you. I wish he would walk away from boxing right now. Wouldn't that be great if Manny walked away? I mean, he's got the, the unanimous win over Adrian Broner. That was in 2019. He's got the win over Matisse. That was in 2018. I mean, he stopped Matisse. Matisse was supposed to murder him. That was supposed to be like, you know, you were supposed to watch that fight like through your fingers, through open fingers because Manny was going to get hurt. Manny didn't get hurt, Manny lit him up like a White House Christmas tree. Of course, Matisse coming in at 39 and 4, leaving 39 and 5 inside the distance. Beat Adrian Broner after that. And of course in that last fight in July, <coughs> beat Keith Thurman across the board. I thought it was across the board win. How they gave how anybody in their how anybody in their right mind? How anybody not on drugs? How anybody not insane? How anybody not how anybody not just totally off kilt? Could think that Keith Thurman won that fight with Manny Pacquiao. Well, what can I say? I think you need medical attention soon. Manny Pacquiao, of course, what can I say? The champion from 100, 100 was it 108, 112 pounds to 154 pounds. Give him his problem. 62-7, 39 kills. He's been stopped three times. As far as future opponents are concerned, he doesn't have anybody in the bank, but you know, Earl Spence, don't fight with Earl Spence. Tommy, I mean, just don't. I mean, it's just, it's not, maybe, maybe, oh, well, maybe, maybe Spence now after the car accident is, is a diminished talent, but I don't know. But Spence and, 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 and Pacquiao, that's not a good matchup. The size differential is just way, 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 way too much. As far as Manny Pacquiao is concerned, I think Manny Pacquiao would be best suited just to walk off into the sunset and retire right now. I mean, he's such a prolific young man and he's still young. He's 40. I mean, he's going to go a long way as far as politics in the Philippines are concerned. That's what Out of doubt, I think he's destined to become president. Of course, I don't know if if he'll be worthy of being president, but who am I to talk about presidents when, you know, we've got presidents now in our country which thinks that Colorado's on the Mexican border. So, you know, what can I say? That's the president. So I guess presidents don't have to be that smart overall. But I would prefer my president to be smart, and I think the Philippines would prefer their president to be smart too as well. Will Manny Pacquiao be the next president of the Philippines? We'll see. Power for Power, best fighter in the world? Goes next week, of course, the second day of the dead, Sergio Kovalev, taking on Canelo Alvarez. Alvarez at $364 million contract, always on the line because I think he's got to keep winning in order to make that money happen. This is for the WBO Light Heavyweight Championship. On the same card, the pretty boy. The boy, of course, has got like 1.5 million Instagram followers. He's got Chick falling on his feet and this kind of stuff. They're calling him the next golden boy. I'm talking about Ryan Garcia. Is he the next golden boy? I don't think they're going to—he's fighting a lightweight. I don't think there will ever be a next Golden Boy. I think Delahoy was special. I watched him as an amateur. I watched him in the gym before he became pro, before he became a little safe, when he was just a kick-ass dude. I mean, he would go out there and light guys up in the gym. I mean, light guys up that that he shouldn't be lighting up. He's 15, 16 years old and lighting up these, these, uh, these world-ranked contenders. John Montez. Like, whoa, Montez fought— uh, Hector Camacho and a few other guys at lightweight, and here's here's you know here's Oscar lighting them up at fifteen, fifteen, sixteen years old. I kid you not. De La Hoya, an incredible talent. Now Canelo and him mm, can't compare legacies yet, man. Just can't compare legacies. Speaking of that killer, November the seventh, Naoya Inouye taking on Nonito Donaire. Yikes! For the IBF and WBA bantamweight championship, of course. This is another one of these W uh, World Boxing Super Series finale. Of course, that was a finale last night when Prescott. Of course, lost that, this uh, majority nod across the—majority nod to Josh Taylor over there in the U.K., the U2 Arena in London. But Inouye versus Nino Nito Dunair, the Filipino Flash, who really flashed on July seventh, two 2007. That's right, seven seven two thousand seven. 2007. That's what, 12 years ago? Yeah, 12 years ago. 12 years ago was his peak when he knocked out Vic And Remember he knocked Vic out? Knocked Vic out, and Vic said, <laughs> snoring. And then he woke up, Vic said— What do you mean, knock me out? I never got knocked down. What are you talking about? That's what happens when you don't forget. That's why you don't interview guys after fights. Anyway, Donair and Inouye, going to go at her for the IBF and WBA Bantamweight Championships. Of course, this is the WBSS finale. I am um, apprehensive on this one because I think the Inouye is such a rage. He's so strong, but can he be strong at 118? You know, down there at 118, 115, 122. Like Donaire can kick ass at 118, but he wasn't all that much at 122, and then he moved to 126, and that was like a nightmare. So he's back at 118, which is an incredible feat considering I think he's like 35, 36 years old. Anyway, Inouye versus Nino Donaire going down November 7th. That's all also on the zone. So the zone's got the second, the seventh, and of course also on the second, Fox Sports One's gonna go with Brian Castano versus Whale Amotoso. I kid you not. And that's going to go down on uh, Fox Sports 1. Of course, Showtime had some boxing last night. People say to me, "Page, we don't give Showtime their props. I try to give Showtime their props. Showtime doesn't have that many fights anymore. I mean, Showtime's done. As far as my experts are saying, Showtime is done, okay? I don't know why they keep going like they're doing, but they keep telling me they're done. I, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Of course, HBO now done a year. Think about that. HBO boxing gone a year now. I was going to bring that up with Larry Merchant earlier. And I didn't, but it's been dead a year. Wow. Looks like December 28th. I don't know why Yuri Gamboa is going to get this title shot, but he's a name. No doubt about that. And he's tanking on Javante Tank Davis. They're going to hook it up December 28th. That'll be on Showtime. Didn't I just say Showtime was dead? I think this is it. I think this will be the last card as far as Showtime concerned. 2020, no Showtime boxing, question mark. I think it's a live possibility. You are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Text us here in the studio as we change subjects. We'll switch to KFave next. That's right. The world of professional wrestling, not sports entertainment. If you mention the WWE, I'll choke you out. We only talk pro wrestling in this segment, as we will with Jim Valley of the Wrestling Observer Radio Show. Straight up, you are tuned to the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. You're listening to the MMA hour. I
9: mean, it's enough to make your head explode.
13: Fall is here, and with the leaves changing, it may feel like you're running out of time to get any lingering home projects done before the holidays. Well, luckily, Home Advisor can give you a hand so you can spend more time watching football and less time doing home projects. From minor repairs to major remodels, Home Advisor will connect you with top rated pros in your area. The pros have been reviewed by your neighbors. So you can see what others thought of their work. And if you're not sure how much your project should cost, get multiple quotes from pros and use HomeAdvisor's Project Cost Guide to see what others paid for similar projects. And to top all of it off, you can book appointments online, no more phone tag. So whether it's remodeling the den for football season or fixing up the house before the holidays, HomeAdvisor makes it beyond easy to get your home projects done To find the right pro at a fair price, just ask HomeAdvisor. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free award-winning HomeAdvisor app today.
5: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. Take control of your financial future. Make this free 5-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
3: 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851. 800-439-7851.
5: Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks? wimpy 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 or a smelly bag stinky 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 time to switch to hefty ultra strong trash bags always at an ultra low price
6: hefty hefty hefty
5: they are best bags yet and they cost less than glad force flex were sold head to head so you'll be happy 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 hefty ultra strong with arm and hammer odor control also available in heavy duty black bags hefty
4: hefty hefty the very controversial host of piper's pit Rowdy, Roddy Piper. Mr. Piper, I would stick around, but you're going to have to excuse me. I have to go to the men's room. I'll be right back.
8: Thank you.
14: Oh, going home? Oh, my goodness. That's fine. Cow Palace. You can go to the men's room in the Cow Palace. That's a wonderful name in San Francisco because the Cow Palace is someplace that I would be proud to call my home. Cow Palace is someplace that... I'd be proud to bring my gal. <laughs> because obviously, if you live in San Francisco and you are going out with gals, <laughs> obviously they belong in the Cow Palace. I saw one, the only thing she was missing was antlers. She would have been in season jack, man. I saw her coming up to me asking me for a date. I says, Man, I'm hot rod. Are you kidding me? He said, Yeah, but aren't you the one that's going to fight Mr. Wonderful? I says, Yeah, I'm going to fight Mr. Blunderful. He says, But aren't you the one that's going to fight him with all them wrestlers around the ring? He says, yeah, that's me. He says, don't you know what he's thinking? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I know what he's thinking. Absolutely nothing, man. When he's in a room alone, he is all alone. You see, you forget, I rode with him. I know what an idiot this guy is. I know his moves. Oh, yes, he's tough. I know he's tough. You think I ain't, man? I've been around. You know that. I've been there before. He's tough enough to go and bench press 500 pounds. Who really cares, man, huh? Your idea here of a wrestling match here, you got 12 wrestlers around the ring, you got dancing midgets and leathers, you got your... You got... Everything that you've ever wanted in a match. You know why I signed this? I, incidentally, it didn't take me two months to sign this match. No, 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 no. It didn't take me two months to make up my mind, brother. No, no, no. I said, you want me to fight somebody? I'll fight anybody. Who do you want? Just let me fight him. Oindar says, Well, I'm gonna take my time. Gonna take me about two months, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do right now and, Go to the bathroom think about it. And now I'm back. <laughs> right there. It's your idea of Orndor's body. You see, that's going to happen after you fight me. There's going to be nothing left you except for old and bald and ugly. <laughs> you ain't going to be no hot rod. You're just going to be somebody that can't keep his bladder empty.
4: <laughs> Thank you very much. Roddy Roddy Piper.
2: The late Roderick Coombs, baby. I'm talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper. May he rest in peace. Of course, originally started up there in Canada, made his way to Oregon wrestling. And, of course, down here to big-time wrestling before L.A. He was doing both territories at the same time, L.A. and San Francisco, of course. That was pretty cool back in the day. But now he is in the wrestling ring in the sky. May he rest in peace. The great Robert Coombs, A.K. Rowdy Roddy Piper. So we go from one great guy to another great guy. We bring in Jim Valley, who hosts Wrestling Observer Live. Of course, that's on Saturday, but it's a seven-day-a-week show. What's up, Big Jim?
7: You know, I knew Rowdy Roddy Piper. I took uh, big- he and I lived in Portland at the same time. I knew Piper.
2: Man, he 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 was a good guy. You know, I took some kids out to the Cow Palace when I was a cop that won a uh, <clears throat> a graffiti contest here in San Francisco at Hawthorne Elementary School in the Mission. So I took them out to the Cow Palace, and I said to him, Rod, I said, these kids won this, this contest. I'm a cop here in town. I was backstage. I said, will you take a picture with them? And he did, and so did the road warriors. The kids were scared to death of the road warriors. I told you how that was. But anyway, bottom line it was Roderick Coombs, the late Roddy Roddy Piper, took a—that was his peak, I think, 1986, 1987, somewhere around there. But he was— He was good to me, and he was good to those kids, and those kids will never forget that.
7: You hear that promo, and it sounds like it's just crazy talk, and it sounds like it's just coming off the top of his head. He crafted all of that. I guarantee you. Yeah,
2: but time out, Jim. That and cocaine. (laughs) He cops to it. He
7: cops to it, Jim. He cops to it. I'm not shaking my head no. I will say that. Um... He, you know, there's so many guys who are so brilliant, but the personas, you don't even see the brilliance because their personas were so strong. Piper, Savage, even at times the Iron Sheik. There's just these guys in wrestling where you can really see what they're doing, and then there's others who took it to a next level and got so inside the character in the process you couldn't even see it, and Piper's one of those guys.
2: You know, um, Piper didn't go outside of kayfabe too much, and, and I'm, a, I'm a big kayfabe believer. And what is kayfabe? Somebody out there said, what the hell is kayfabe? What's he talking about? Kayfabe is when you like make like wrestling is real, and then you just take it to it's real. You, know, you, you enjoy it for what it is, like a movie or watching a movie, this and that. You don't analyze it, per se, and break it down. Um, but right now, I think the hottest wrestling going now— My my current guest, Jim Valley, of course, a wrestling observer, might disagree with me, but I love Major League Wrestling. I just do, and I think they've got a big card coming up Saturday night. It calls a Saturday Super Fight pre-show. It's going to be seven p.m. on November the second from Cicero Stadium. It makes it sound real big. Is Cicero
7: Stadium like as as big as my house? That's the job, isn't it, of wrestling? To make everything look bigger, but not so big. I mean, we've all been on those indie shows mm-hmm. where some kid who can't even afford a jacket comes out and pretends to be a millionaire manager. So you, you've got to keep it in perspective when you when you hype these things up. Wrestling is so competitive right now. WWE has got all these millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Khan family from the Jacksonville Jaguar NFL, a billionaire family, they're in wrestling now. Uh, New Japan, Road. A lot of big players are competing, and you also have some people with limited resources. And really, MLW has done an amazing job trying to differentiate itself in the marketplace, but not just be like a gimmick. They're really trying to build real stories with some underutilized talent in the business. And I think they've got they've had a tremendous eye for talent with people that they've chosen. And they've also found people who, who honestly you want to spend money on. And that's the name of the game.
2: <laughs> I was going to go with uh, Selena De La Rente. I, I don't know how to describe her other than that. she love to hate her, which makes her a fantastic heel.
7: She is probably one of yeah, she's one of the most underappreciated talents in the business. And like I said, there's so much competition right now. Some of these people that MLW have, you're like, either someone's going to grab them, but also why haven't they grabbed them? Because these people are amazing. I she's great. You know, I love that Dragon Lee is there. We talked about Teddy Hart last week that mm-hmm. he's been amazing for a long time, but maybe maybe he wasn't the easiest for for someone to manage behind the scenes and He's put it all together. Davy Boy Smith Jr. is, is awesome. They're, they're, they have done th- their talent and what they've had their talent do. You never walk away from MLW going, oh, that was stupid.
2: No. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I saw Austin Aries do a brain buster, I believe, on the edge of the ring, the edge of the ring apron on uh, the aforementioned Mr. Hart. And Teddy Hart, and that to me looked so real. I was like, absolutely, I was, I was freaked out. I was like, yeah. whoa, he's dead. He's not going to move after that. I mean, he's dead. This could they? they wow, I was just blown away by that. So anyway, this card that's going to come up Saturday. Speaking of Teddy Hart, he's going to defend the world middleweight championship of the of major league wrestling against the aforementioned Austin Aries. Austin Aries, one of the most underappreciated talented guys there's ever been.
7: Yeah, you know he bounces around a lot and i just don't know if that's him or mm. or what it is but there's no doubt he's talented one of the guys that i've seen who's performed up here where i'm out of the northwest uh who i'm glad has got a shot now is is the what is it the national openweight championship is that right i, I think, think so. that's what they're calling yeah him. uh alex hammerstone hammerstone taking on davy boy smith jr that guy is great he's got a great presence i he's hate got him a, he's got a look yes i hate him I mean, you can say, I mean, you
2: said Derek, you want to throw stuff at the TV when he's on. Yeah. You do. And this is, and see, this is pro wrestling, folks. Right. And, and I, if I can't get this across to you, if I watch a WWE card, there's nothing that compels me to throw. If I've got a pen in my hand and I see this guy mouthing off on an MLW, I, I, I can hurl the pen at the TV. But there's no compulsion. Nothing compels me to do that if I watch a WWE show so I don't watch them.
7: And that's the thing. It's like people are probably going, I'll switch back to boxing, this wrestling stuff. The athleticism these days is amazing. And here's the thing. The people, everybody who saw Avengers Endgame, who walked out of the theater sad because of some of the things that happened to the key characters. What's the difference? you're still getting emotion you're still upset about something those characters don't exist in real life it's a show wrestling is a show it's the same thing and when wrestling is great man it's it's great
2: november 2nd on pay-per-view major league wrestling the main event is jacob fatu the you know which he was a kid the tonga kid the tonga the tonga kid's son correct that my memory serves me correct, yes. Yeah, Jacob Fatu is the, the uh, MLW World Heavyweight Champion, defending as L.A. Park, who's presented by the aforementioned menace of professional wrestling, Selena De La Rente. But L.A. Park, I mean, he's, he's a lucha libre that's sort of like passive pride, but he's still getting over
7: big time. He is a draw everywhere he goes. So much of wrestling now is what platform are you on? That someone will leave WWE, they're super popular there, and then they leave, nobody cares. This guy is a star on his own, and everywhere he goes, people pay to see him because he's incredibly entertaining. He's
2: great. Here's something that's going to blow your mind. Of course, I'm going to talk about listeners and not blow your mind, but the Von Erich Erich kids are going to come back to take on the Dynasty. This is some Texas Tornado World Tag Team title fight. Of course, they did a, a video presentation for the former Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. Sort of drew a tear to my eye because I remember wrestling at the
7: Sportatorium, and that was pretty live, man. You know the cool thing about the von Erichs is that they 've got a lot of history and they 're playing off of that that 's cool. I think people, no matter what you watch, you want to know that what you watched in the past was important, but they 're not just living in the past they 've kind of modernized their moves they 've modernized the von Erich legacy. They still do the claw hold because you you, you got to have the claw hold right mm-hmm. but they're not just living in the past. They're, they're talking about it, acknowledging it. You feel good because you remember that, but they're also moving it forward, and that's that's important, too. You can't just live in the past on it. Speaking of this
2: card in Chicago, tickets start at 15 bucks. You can get them at com. 15 bucks. tickets will be available the day of the show at the box office unless the event sells out in advance. Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be on the card. Bestia 666 will be there. Low-key will be there. You know, low-key, all these guys that we've mentioned, um, for the most part, have bad attitudes and, and don't get along with the corporate world. So that's why they're with, with the cord, whatever his name is, over there in Major League Wrestling.
7: You know, sometimes it's not necessarily a matter of attitude. Maybe it's just it's not a good fit. Just because they good didn't, point. someone didn't work out here doesn't mean they can't work out there. I mean, we've, I've had jobs where I'm like, hey, no hard feelings, but this this isn't working for me, and, and we're still cool, and we walk away. It, it could be something just that simple. And, you know, by and large, when you see Loki, uh, it seems like he's succeeding here. So if he's in an environment where it's going to work, that guy, when he's on, he's one of the best.
2: Contra. I love Contra. Contra, of yeah. course, they're like the NW, the new, the twenty two thousand twenty NWO. Talk about Contra for a minute.
7: You know, so often... We, in professional wrestling, when people come up with these factions, it's like it's kind of dumb or it's too trendy. And Contra just hits it perfectly. You know what they stand for, and you've <laughs> got to have something to fight. You've got to have this dragon to slay, and they're the dragon to slay in the battle over supremacy in MLW. And you have these good guys who are going to unite. It's, it's Thanos and the Avengers. And too often in wrestling, because of the success of Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon, we have these evil owners, and there's just been so many of these evil owners, and I'm so glad we're getting away from it, and Contra is cool, and it's new, and it's fresh, and again, it's something that you could lose yourself in because you're not constantly going, yeah, I've seen this before.
2: More on November 2nd, Jimmy Havoc versus Mance Warner. Mance Warner's got a, quite a character. Septimo, Dragon, Gringo Loco, and Puma King versus Injustice. That's going to be a trios match. Of course, as I said, the Contra unit, Simon Gatch and curl Khan versus Dominic Garini and Douglas James versus Spirit Squad. So I guess they're rocking and rolling. Iho De La Park is going to on the card. Of course, he's represented by my favorite girl, Selena De La Rente, taking on the uh, Shenshi. You know, back to Selena just, just for a second. I can't believe that Selena hasn't been grabbed up by somebody else. She is the most talented. She is incredibly talented. And you know what? She she doesn't need to swear. She, she, she's, she's sworn a bit in the last six to eight months. I think they could take the, the swearing out of her repertoire and she could still get over big time.
7: Yeah, you know, I, I feel the same way. I feel like we're in an era where you don't necessarily need it. I feel like it comes across natural, but I think she's a good enough performer. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you on that one.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jim Valley, host of Saturday's Wrestling Observer a radio show. Of course, they air seven days a week. He is the man, no doubt about it. And we thank him for his presence. Thank you, Big Jim. Awesome. We'll uh, get
7: together and chat again.
2: I always love talking to you, man. Jim Valley, talking kayfabe on the Sports By Line Broadcast Network.
11: Come on, Ricky. I don't have all day. <gasps> Did you just drop my bag? Nope. Did I'm you just know working out. Five thousand dollars.
14: I'm now. working out. This is as much workout as I need to wrestle a blind man. Uh,
1: that's funny. Salina. what is that white stuff?
3: Snow. I've never seen snow before. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Can I... Can I eat snow?
13: Well,
8: yeah, but not the yellow. <laughs> what the f*** are you doing? Hurry up!
2: Don't forget, Ring Talk airs Saturday and Sundays, 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm right here on the Mighty Sports by Live Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, and of course... Sirius XM Satellite Radio, channel 211.
0: Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Are you an active
3: stock market investor? Well, then you know these three key words
1: More ring talk with Pedro Fernandez. Check it. Fifty-seven minutes past hour,
2: you are tuned. Fifty-eight minutes past hour, you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, the Sunday edition. Two hours live on Sports Byline. of course. iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, Satellite Radio, Channel Two Eleven, and about a thousand other internet platforms. I want to thank The Zone for that post-fight interview. And, of course, Sky Sports, man. Sky Sports has got it going on. When you hear the Brits go back and forth, the Brits are so, they're so, like Larry Murch talked about that in Hour Number One. They are just so much boxing. That's where boxing began. Of course, Marcus of Queensbury, he's the guy that put made rules as far as Prize fighting was concerned back in the 1800s. you got to give them props. They love their game. They've built up their amateur program. They've invested millions upon millions of dollars in their amateur program. That's why you're seeing such studs come out in the professional ranks. The United States, they used to just take it for granted. No, you can't take it for granted because you got so many other sports now. The guys can be doing other things. So what I'm trying to tell you is, you know, boxing needs to invest in its young. Boxing programs. YMCA boxing still. Maybe boys club boxing. That's where I started. Straight up. That's the way to go. You start from the crib, baby. Learn how to fight from the crib. Not be some guy like Anthony Josh who comes on and wins a gold medal late in life. And then gets licked in the first big fight of his life because he doesn't know how to fight. You are tuned the ring talk. 35. (coughs) Make that 36 plus years now. Want to thank my executive producer, Mr. Scott Cuddy. Want to thank Jim Valley. Want to thank the godfather, Larry Merchant. The godfather week in and week out on Sunday. Of course, he appears there. Larry Merchant, the retired HBO godfather. The Hall of Famer himself, what can I say? He's like a god in my world. Thank you, Larry Merchant. And just like you, you can be doing a million things right now, but you're tuned to the show. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. My name is Pedro Fernandez, Scott Cuddy produces the show. This is Ring Talk. Easy to walk.